basically what Moses is showing them and what they would have seen right off the bat was, hey, Israel left to itself, creation was in chaos. Israel left to yourself, you are in chaos. And guess what? They wouldn't have argued with that. They wouldn't have said, oh yeah, we got it all together. They just came out of slavery. They were just about to, or are currently wandering in the wilderness. They knew what it was like to be in chaos. And then Moses is showing them, but when God comes in and God works, he gives structure to that which is lacking structure, and he fills that which is void. That was Brother A.J. Lutrick, a church planner to Seattle, Washington, and we're continuing our series on order and chaos. And maybe you're out there and you feel just like that, you're like your life is in chaos and you just don't feel fulfilled. Well, God has some big plans for you. Hi, my name's Addison Smith, and this is the Access Youth Ministry Podcast, the podcast that believes that faith in Jesus changes things, and I know from experience it does because he's changing me, and he can change you as well. And so without further ado, let's dive back into the conversation. Well, welcome, Brother AJ, back to the podcast for part number two of our chaos and order type of podcast. All right. Yeah. And so if you listened to our last one, if you didn't listen to it, I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode before this, because we're going to build on that episode in this one. And we kind of ended off talking about chaos and how the world left to itself is the two Hebrew words, tohu and bohu. Right. It's without form. It's formless. And it's void. It's mm-hmm. empty, you know. And so uh, we're going to see in this episode, Brother AJ is going to show us how God can take this empty, formless world and do something good with it. And so we're going to pick up there at the end of verse number two, I believe. And if, you, if you're in the Bible, I'll read Genesis 1 and 2, and then I'm going to turn it over to Brother AJ to take us forward uh, from the end of verse number two. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning... God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form, that's that tohu, and void, and that's bohu, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So, Brother AJ, I'm turning it over to you. All right, and like Pastor Addison said, if you start here, it's good stuff, but really all of the setting was, we've already laid all the groundwork. We've showed, hey, things were in chaos, things were crazy. Tohu and bohu, those aren't? Those aren't just uh, meaningless words. They were powerful. Mm, yeah. They were very powerful. And here's the exciting thing. After all of that, after showing that the world left to itself was in complete chaos, the Lord ended the last part of the verse with this. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, that's how the verse ends. It doesn't say what he did. It doesn't say It doesn't even say what's coming. He's about to go into that in just a second. But... What that's showing is this. In a world that was completely in chaos, God did not forsake it. God God didn't throw it to itself and leave it to itself. The Spirit of God was at work. And that mm. word moved, uh, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, is a word that's translated fluttered. So it's a very, it's, it's very gentle. It's subtle. You think about, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear fluttered is a butterfly. Just butterfly, yeah. just kind of going through uh, the meadow, and it's not to show that the spirit of God was was weak in any way, or uh, it's 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 just fluttering. No, it's showing that God's work, God was at work, 
And, and I think that they were pulling on this in the baptism account of Jesus. You know, we see mm. the same kind of picture. We see, mm. you know, God speaking from heaven, but we also see the Holy Spirit. And it's that same kind of picture right. of the descending, descending like as a dove. dove, you know, that <laughs> fluttering, that hovering. Yeah. And so I think it's a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, sorry, that was just something that came to my mind. But I think that's amazing that this spirit of God was at work. Absolutely. There. And this is totally, we didn't even discuss this um, as far as in the outline here, but is that not how the spirit of God consistently works? Mm. I think about Elijah. He he was on the mountain and there was a fire, there was an earthquake. And it says, but the Lord wasn't in the, yeah. the fire. The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. It was a still small voice. And so what people, I know, what, what people want to see, what they, they, they say their heart um, is desiring is for God to come into my life and do something huge, do something miraculous. Well, most of the time, the way the Spirit of God works in a situation that is chaotic, chaotic is He comes in and it's that still, mm. small voice that it is, as you're about to see, it's about to change literally everything forever. So it's not that it's weak and not impactful, like 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 I just said, but it's not going to come in as a big showy thing. Yeah. That's, and I love that because there's probably someone out there listening who's searching for a sign from God. Like, God, mm-hmm. if you did this, I'll believe. Or if, mm-hmm. maybe if you did like something at school or in traffic or you saved my life or if I had a vision, huh. Lord, I believe. But I bet you, I don't mean bet you, I know that God's at right. work right now in your life and you probably don't even realize it right, right now. Right. He's already there. He's already trying to get your attention. And the fact that you're listening to this right now is a testament that God's trying to get your attention right yes. now. Amen. You could be doing a million other things at this minute, yet God, for some reason, has you listening to a podcast from two guys you don't even know, and you're listening to it, and he's trying to show you right now, hey, I, I'm, I'm hovering right there. I'm already hmm. at work in your life. And I challenge you, if you're realizing this right now, you need to you need to keep listening. We, we have some right. good things in store for you. God has right. some powerful things that are about to happen. Right, right. Brother AJ? Absolutely. And just one, one more point to this before we move on. Uh, people will look at chaotic situations and say, well, God can't be at work because look how chaotic it is. Look how crazy things are. Mm. Well, no, I, the, the earth was tohu and bohu and the spirit of the Lord, I'm sorry, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So whenever things are turbulent and uh, some of the stuff teenagers go through, especially today, it, it's not getting easier. It's, it's getting harder. Yeah. So, some of the 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 family issues and school issues and uh, just living this life, bringing tumultuous times, doesn't mean that God is absent and God quit working. Yeah. Really, what it ultimately means is, like Pastor Aston just said, God has you here. His word is open. His spirit's at work. That's totally true. And the thing is, you know, not only is it gentle. But it's also invisible. You know, the word right. for spirit here is the word for wind, for breath, ruach. Yep. And so it's something that you might not just see with your eyes, mm-hmm. but he's still there. He's still at work. And even though yeah. it's gentle, it's not easy to see. He's there and he's working in your turbulent and crazy and chaotic life. And so take hope in that. Amen. Yeah. Was it John uh, or in the book of John, Jesus talked about how the, uh, this, the spirit worked and it's like the wind. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen wind. I've seen the effects of wind. I've seen dust and smoke and ash and winds, but that's not the wind. That's just particles in the wind. Where's the wind coming from? How's it? We can't explain that, but it's obvious. It's or we can't deny that. 
So for sure. So for it, sure. And I, I know we, we kind of went off. It might seem like a rabbit trail, but it's not. That that's right there in the text. We're not yeah. making that up. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and then God said, "Let there be light." So this is where. Okay, so we we've talked for several minutes now, and and now we're getting to the part where most of us start in, in right, Genesis right. chapter number one. Uh, I know in, in Sunday school, I've, and I've taught Sunday school. I've taught uh, kids long before I really got in depth with this passage. And it's like, okay, well, let's we'll start here. Day number one, God created light and darkness. So if God's starting somewhere, he's starting right here at the very top. God created, uh, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then verse four says, and God saw the light that it was good. And I didn't, I didn't even hammer that last night like I would want to, but there, that's another constant theme their uh, repetition all the way through Genesis 1 is that it was good. See, when God does something, it's good. Mm-hmm. It, it, he, doesn't, he doesn't go half in. He, he doesn't fluff his homework. He, he doesn't hand you a, a, a good enough job. It is, it is good. It yeah. is good. I mean, you look around at creation today, and uh, I'm from Texas. I don't think we've mentioned that yet. So I'm from the most beautiful place on the planet, uh, in in our opinion. But then I come out here and I'm like, whoa, the West Coast with the mountains and the ocean and the trees. And there's actually four seasons here. Mm-hmm. In Texas, we have hot and really hot. That's about it. <laughs> That's no, good. but here, uh, creation is, is astounding. It is astounding what is here. And you got to remember, we're looking at a cursed version. Mm. We're, we're looking at the messed up part uh, that got cursed after Genesis th- or there in Genesis three. Yeah. So at the beginning, whenever it says, and it was good. Okay. So whenever God comes in and God works, uh, whether it be creation or in life, it, it is a good, it's not something to be afraid of. It's a great thing. And I think that's encouraging. You know, you might've grown up in evolution where you're random. You're just, mm. you know, just a random compilation of mutations that, you know, used to be an amoeba, but now you're you. You don't really have much worth or purpose or beauty. And you, but when you look at it through the eyes of the Bible, God created you and he made you specifically for a reason, for a purpose. And whatever God makes is good. It's good. And you say, well, no, have you seen me? No, I haven't seen yeah. you. But here's the deal. Well, God make, he doesn't mess up. He doesn't make right. mistakes. Mm-hmm. And he made you for a reason. And it's a good thing that you're here. It's a good thing that, that you exist. And we're just, it's just so it's humbling, yeah. but it's an amazing thought. That God created us, and because He did it, we know it's a good thing. Absolutely, it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, and that's and that verse number four. If you're reading, that's that's what God said. And God saw the light that that it was good. And then the second half of the verse says, "And God divided the light from the darkness." Now, can you sit there and imagine what this is like? I mean, I I struggle, and I I've been told I have a creative imagination. But to think about what that looked like, dividing light from darkness, and I used this as an illustration last night uh, in the sermon. So whenever you sit down, uh, the word divided is a very, it's a very colorful word. It doesn't just mean to separate, but think of a coloring picture. And so whenever you're handing a, handed a coloring picture, it's, it's a white, white spaces and black lines, right? That's all there is. And to take that crown or crayon and that marker pencil, whatever it is, and you just go to town. You No no goal, no organization. You just color everything the same color. It's just a big blob, right? And I've, I've done my fair share of that. <laughs> I've seen my fair share of that. 
Well, the word divide means the exact opposite. It, it means to stay within the lines. Mm. And so we could call that structure to give, yeah. to give structure to something. God divided the light from the darkness. Now, if, if you're following along and if you're thinking uh, this, Moses isn't just saying this randomly, it, it's on purpose. Uh, because at the beginning he says, and the earth was without form. Well, what does without form mean? It, it meant a tohu. It was lacking structure. So one of the one of the biggest uh, indicators for uh, sorry one of the biggest attributes to chaos is a lack of structure. Mm. So again, growing up in the South, I got to see my fair share of tornadoes and the results of tornadoes. And whenever a tornado went through a neighborhood, it would leave houses completely wiped out. To where now, what was a two story house is now two feet tall and it's just rubble what happened well the materials are still there uh there's still the makings of a house but it completely lost structure and we would look at that and say wow chaos what god did on day number one was he divided the light from the darkness he gave structure to that which was completely lacking Mm. structure yeah that's huge that's huge and i think that's something that we all need in our lives especially uh, you know, young people, that there's this need for structure. You know, we think that we want the opposite, right. especially as a teenager. We think we want less restraints, mm-hmm. less structure. We just want what the world calls freedom. Right. Right. And I don't think we actually understand the word freedom like we should. Mm-hmm. But freedom, there's no such thing as absolute freedom unless you're God. You know, you have freedom right. from or freedom to. Right. But the, the it's taught today. That you just want absolute freedom from rules, uh-huh. freedom from structure freedom from everything. But we see here in this passage that all that leads to is chaos. Yeah. When there's none of that dividing, you know, those in the lines, when you're yeah. not, when you don't have any boundaries, right. it just leads to, to formless and void type of life. That's is good. that something you see in, in, I know in adult lives and teenage lives alike, is, oh, there, yeah. is that something you also see? Absolutely. And Pastor Addison and I aren't far removed from being teenagers. <laughs> we were, I, I was nine right? years ago. Now that starting to sound like a long time ago, but uh, let me tell you, it doesn't, the day you turn 18, you don't desire structure, right? It, it's not like, okay, well now I'm an adult and it, listen, it carries directly over into adults to where now I'm dealing with people, uh, twice my age that they, and they're still clawing and, and fighting for that, that freedom. But I think one of my favorite illustrations ever, and I've used this before it's, and again, not original with me, somebody much wiser than me said it, but I've borrowed it is think about a kite. Now that kite up in the air, it's a nice spring day. It's beautiful, blue skies. Mm. That kite is soaring. Well, what's the one thing holding back the kite? It, let's pretend the kite can talk. It's saying, well, I, wish, I wish this string wasn't holding me down. That string, that structure uh, is what is, is ultimately tying the kite to the ground. So the kite could say to itself, I would go so much farther. I, I could go so much higher. I could be so free if this string wasn't here. Mm. But if you know anything, if you've ever flown a kite, you know the second that that string loses tension, what's what happens to that kite? It doesn't take off. It doesn't go higher. It comes crashing down immediately. And because God designed us, he designed the kites, he designed everything this way, that that structure really ultimately... It's the kite, uh, sorry, it's the string that's holding the kite in the air. Yeah. It's not holding it back, it's letting it soar. And what God was showing back here in Genesis was there was no string, there was no structure. 
And what good is light and darkness if it's mixed together and it's just a big blob? It's it's useless. Yeah. Useless. I see you're going somewhere with this, giving us structure. Bring us forward. Why is God doing this? And how is this so impactful to us that God's dividing the light from the darkness? Okay, so again, I know we're spending a lot of time here just on the first couple of verses, but this pattern is 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 set and it continues. Once you get this down, it's kind of like a launching pad because guess what? On day number two, God does the exact same thing. If we were to read down in verse number six, it says, God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters." So there's that divide again. And as a kid, I always knew, okay, on day two, God created the skies, God created the seas, right? Mm. Well, he's very intentionally saying, but God divided the two. That word divide, same thing back in verse number, uh, back in verse number four. In verse number seven, it says, God made the firmament and divided so he's giving structure. He's separating the waters from the sky. And now what was completely lacking structure is now having structure. Uh, God's giving structure to that which was tohu, that which was uh, a worthless thing. And day number three is going to continue. So now he separates. Uh, on day number three, God created dry land. He created all the plants that were on the dry land. And the first thing he did was he separated. He brought out the dry land from the water and that that division that that separation guess what more structure and the way genesis 1 was written was in parallel uh parallel structure the way the way uh literary devices work and it's probably it's very hard to show on a podcast but if you were to imagine us having a big whiteboard here it would be like days one two and three would be on top of each other in a column and all on this, on the, in this column, that you could put the word structure above all of it. And what Moses is saying is God came in, and in a situation that was completely lacking structure, he gave structure. And by the way, this structure is still in place. Yeah, There's still a division from light and darkness. There's still a division from the skies and the seas. It never changed. It, it never faded off. Whenever God came in and worked, it was permanent. So what you're saying is that we should, as we're looking at Genesis one, we should see that there is some kind of, uh, there's some kind of system at work here that we're supposed to see mm. these connections between these days. Is that what you're saying? That right. days one, two, and three, there's something similar about each one that he's about to amplify for us, and we're right. supposed to see this regularity. This I can't even think of the word right now. This. Uh, right. Like consistency, this pattern pattern. That's the word. Yeah. There's a pattern here that we're supposed to notice. Yeah. And it's that he's giving structure where once there was no structure. Exactly. And that kind of goes back to tohu. Yep. So he said tohu and bohu. And he says, all right, now you remember that tohu, look at what God did on these first three days. He's getting rid of this tohu. Right. And he's adding the opposite. He's adding structure. Right. Okay. Exactly. Like so at, to our English, uh, to our English minds and English readers, listen, we we have been so blessed. We have the the King James Bible right here, and this is what God in, intends for us to have, and this is fantastic. Uh, we 
we just saw this just by doing a little bit of study into the book of Genesis. Now, the thing is, to the Hebrew listeners, those that were the first audience that we talked about in the first podcast, the original audience would have heard this and it would have stuck out like like a green light, like, okay, creation was tohu and then God came in and gave structure. Yeah. It was obvious. And by the way, that's the point in preaching. Uh, that's why you need preaching because you know what preaching is, is it, it takes the word of God mm. and it expounds. It, 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 it explains and then shows how it relates directly to your life. This is this is one of the clearest examples of why preaching is not just beneficial, but crucial in yeah. the life of uh, of a person. And I want to stop here and say this podcast is not a preaching podcast right. primarily. Right. And so this doesn't take the place of church yes. and all those things. This is a fun time for, as you know, you're trying to amplify your own Bible study and you want to get deeper into the word of God so that when you sit down and read it, you can sort of you know understand it better for yourself. That's what this thing is about. But preaching is the way that God has chosen to transform our lives. You right. know, mm-hmm. this can help, you know, you, you study better. But when you get under the preaching of God's word, there's just something about it yeah. that really transforms us from this tohu to, to that order. But I think we're going to get there Absolutely. a little bit later. Right. And so now we've looked at these first three days and we've seen how God has taken this tohu and he's given it structure. Right. And so what what's these next three days all about? All right. So day one, two, three, what comes right after day number three? Day number four. Now in day number four, this is where uh, stuff starts to get, I mean, if it, it not that it hasn't been exciting already, but it started to really get exciting. On day number four, God came in, and then in verse number 15 of chapter number one, it says, I'm sorry, let's back up to 14. It says, God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs, for seasons, for days and years. And jump down to verse 16. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And then this thought, he made the stars also. Just it just just mentions that uh, that that astounds me because uh, Pastor Aston, this is where it, Moses is showing. Okay, so we have structure on day number one, and I'm sorry, going back to what we were talking about, parallel uh, format. If we have one, two, and three on top of each other, the column next to that would be four, five, six. Right. So day number one is match- right next to number four. Right. Exactly. Matches okay. up with day number four. So if they're going to be lined up like that, they need to have something in common. So if you look at it, day number one, God divided the light from the darkness. The day that matches up with that is day number four. And what did God do? He created the bodies of light. We know them as the sun, the moon, and the stars. Now, when God made them, he didn't just make them. He made an abundance, an abundance of them. And it's it's mind blowing. I I enjoy uh, uh, Star Wars and and some <laughs> some science fiction stuff like that. And if if for nothing else, as a kid, I would watch these movies and be blown away. I didn't even follow the storyline, but I looking at looking at the stars and how many there are on a clear night to go out, and we can't even begin to see with with our human eyes without the aid of a telescope or something like that. Just how many stars there are. Yeah. And here's what God was doing. He was filling that which was void. Mm. So he had structure on day number one. He gave it structure to that which was lacking structure. On day number four, he then took what was empty, because even though there was structure, it was still empty, and he filled it. Yeah. And he filled it abundantly. So what you're saying is we can have these like three different groups. First one is the initial problem. Right. There's emptiness and formlessness. 
And then we come down to the next one, where now we have this group of three places that were empty and formless. We have, you know, light and darkness. So there was no light or darkness. We have this, what was the second day? So day number two, God separated the waters from the skies. Okay, so now we have this different sky and water thing. Mm -hmm. And then we have day number three, another place where it's the land and the water. Right. And this is where God is beginning to add structure. But then it moves down another tier to where God's now going to fill that. Right. And so day number one corresponds to day number four. We see structure and then we fill. And so I'm guessing day number two is going to correspond to day number day number five. five. Okay. Right. So structure and then we're going to see him do something awesome here. Right. So if God if God's going to fill on day number five, he's going to fill what he gave structure to on day number two, which was the the water, the seas and the air. So guess what he makes on day, day number five? He says, everything that lives in the ocean, everything that lives in the sea, and all the fowl of the air. In fact, if you have your Bibles, in verse number uh, in verse number 21, it says, God created great whales, and every living creature mm. that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly. That word abundantly means there was a lot of it. Um, after their own kind. And every winged fowl after his kind, and again, there's that word, and God saw that it was good. So he filled what was void. The seas and the sky, yeah, it had structure, but it was empty. Now, all of a sudden, they're gushing with life. Mm. It's day number five. So again, following this pattern, day number three lines up with day number six. If God separated the dry land from the waters, what do you think he's going to do on day number six? He then goes in and he fills it. Yeah, fills it with life. All the animals that 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 we've seen—dogs, cats, hippos, giraffes—everything that lives on land, God created on day number six because that that structure happened. Now He filled it. So this pattern continues of God giving structure to that which was lacking structure, and then filling that which was void. And we see that. We've we've read it in Genesis one, or maybe this is yeah. your first time. It, it's it's there, but to the again to the Hebrews, this was so obvious. It was so apparent. God gave structure to that which was lacking structure, and then He filled that which is void. Mm. So when they're sitting there and they're thinking about this, maybe they're wandering in the wilderness. Maybe they are just coming out of Egypt, and they're thinking back on this as Moses is now letting them read this, or maybe he's reading it in their ears, and they're thinking, okay, my life has been formless and void. And now I see this. How would they take this? Yeah. So uh, the, they're basically what Moses is showing them and what they would have seen right off the bat was, hey, Israel left to itself. Creation was in chaos. Israel left to yourself. You are in chaos. And guess what? They wouldn't have argued with that. Mm. They wouldn't have said, oh, yeah, we got it all together. They just came out of slavery. They were just about to or are currently wandering in the wilderness. They knew what it was like to be in chaos. And then Moses is showing them, but when God comes in and God works, he fills, he, he, he gives structure to that which is lacking structure, and he fills that which is void. I love it. I love it. And I think we're going to wrap up here for this episode. But this is the thing, I think the takeaway that if you're listening, you need to take away that if you're feeling like in your life, there's no structure, everything's just meaningless. You don't know why you should wake up every morning and brush your teeth. You know, it's just repetitive, repetitive, repetitive. Why live? There was a French philosopher, Albert Camus, who said this, inevitable death makes life absurd. He says that the greatest question of philosophy is whether or not we should commit suicide. 
Wow. Why get up? Why? That's the greatest question of philosophy. Why should I continue to live? Mm. Is there a purpose? Is there meaning? And maybe you're out there and you're struggling with the same thing. You feel all this chaos. You feel this tohu and bohu. You feel this emptiness and lack of structure. There's hope. Right. There's hope. Yes. God can bring structure and he can fill your life with abundance, overabundance. And Jesus calls it, he can fill you with joy. Right. He can fill you with peace. There's all these promises that he has for you. And before we get to our next episode, we're going to really talk about how he does that. Right. We're going to dive deeply, but I'll tell you, I'll give you a little spoiler, okay? Jesus is the reason that yep. we can have joy. Amen. If you're out there and you're listening and you need this joy that we're talking about, it comes through Jesus. You see, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried, and three days later, he rose from the dead. And the Bible says this, that if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. We're going to talk really more in depth on this in the future, but if you would like to reach out to us, you can reach out to us via our Twitter, which is at AccessYM, and you can ask us questions regarding this. We are more than happy to talk to you, but this is the, the greatest thing. It's a free gift. God will structure your life and fill it with his own life. And it's free. All you have to do is believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died for your sins, was buried, and three days later he rose up from the dead. That's hard. It's going to be a knock to your pride and your intellectual uh, prowess, whatever you want to say, but it's the truth. And the thing is, are we willing to humble ourselves enough to believe that he did this for me, for us? And uh, thanks, Brother AJ, for coming on this second episode. I, I'm telling you, this has been a very big help to me personally. I don't think I'll ever be able to look at Genesis the same. And we're not even done yet. Right. I believe we have one more part to this series. And so thanks, Brother AJ, for coming on. My pleasure. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a help to you as we dove into this deep and big theme, order and chaos. We do have one more part where we will see how God did this and then trace that through the entire Bible, which ultimately climaxes in Jesus himself and then follow it all the way to the end of time when God will once and for all deal with chaos. And we'll see how that happens next week. Now, if you're a teenager out there or if you're just a, a Christian out there in general and you feel like you're all alone, I want to challenge you. You're not by yourself. There are hundreds and thousands of people just like you who want to know God fervently and will do anything to know him for themselves. Keep going. Keep striving. Keep being that leader in your own church. And we'll see you next week.